Hey, welcome to Office Hours. Uh, I see some folks still still filing in. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming, everybody. This is awesome. Um, I'm Jeff Jeff Oriyama. I'm an EM here at Apollo, um, serving the client teams, and I'd really like to introduce Gerald Miller. So, uh, Gerald, why don't you tell us a little about yourself? Awesome. Yeah, I'm Gerald. Uh, I've been on uh, Apollo for. Oh, gosh, I forget how long I've been here now. Uh, 10 months, something like that. I primarily have been focused really on one feature, I feel like, the entire time I've been here, which is React Suspense, uh, which we'll talk, I'm sure, a lot about today, but I'm really excited about that. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'm a, I am a, a father of one. I love to, I've really gotten into like smoking meat lately. So that's that's been, been a great hobby, uh, learning about all the techniques there. But uh, yeah. Excited to talk some Apollo client today. So let's talk about React. Uh, and for you non-React users out there, don't worry, we have some questions later on that zoom out. But a lot of folks have been talking about um, React server components lately, which is uh, a bit of a shame only because I think it's overshadowing something that's a bit more transformational and less controversial. It's also a, a necessary building block for server components, and that's something is suspense uh, for data fetching. And it's really exciting to see Apollo Client releasing support for this in version 3.8. And I have a few questions about it uh, awesome. that I was hoping that you could address here, Gerald. And the first let's one is, um, let's start basics. <laughs> let's start basics, <laughs> right? What is Suspense and why might a developer use it? Yeah, so Suspense is really at its core about coordinating loading states in your application. Uh, so traditionally, for those that have used Apollo Client for any amount of time, uh, and in any size of application, uh, you're going to have more than one query and sometimes more than one query on a single page at a time. So uh, the way you typically handle loading states with Apollo client right now with uh, the use query hook uh, in the React land is is to basically you get a loading Boolean back. And uh, in our example code and a lot of apps I've seen, you have this if loading, tr you know, then then return some spinner or something else. Um, but what this uh, what this does is uh, that means that every single one of your components that loads some data are going to have their own spinners. Uh, it's going to have its own timing. Uh, you may have this query over here that takes longer than this one. Um, but depending on how many of those queries you have running uh, at one time in a single view, you could have spinners galore. So uh, so really, it's about being able to coordinate those states and lift that up. So what's, what's really cool about this is uh, it gives you a lot more granularity on how your user experience uh, maps to uh, like what you want to provide. So traditionally building this in user land is super difficult. Uh, think about like race conditions. If you want to, uh, to optimize for the number of like updates your user sees on screen at one time uh, as loading states or as your, as your data finishes loading, uh, you have to you have this song and dance of do I wait for kind of the longest query uh, to paint one time or do I have more granular updates where you'll see more spinners at a single time but uh, but um, but you'll get stuff you'll get data faster in certain parts of your application so that that now instead of trying to coordinate it yourself or develop some technique where you're lifting that up into parent components now you have a suspense boundary uh, that you can wrap. Uh, parts of your React tree with, uh, so it's it's really neat because now it doesn't matter when or where your components throw, uh, depending on the level of granularity you want on your loading state. Again, like optimizing for the number of updates you see on screen. Now is is a matter of moving that suspense boundary around to various parts of your React tree. So, um, and and uh, it, it just it helps you coordinate this a lot better. Um, on top of that, just in terms of like DX, uh, you um, you can work with your component as if, uh, so we, we call this use suspense query. This is the new hook we're releasing, but you can work with it as if it's a synchronous API. So, uh, you know, again, typically data you have, if, if loading true, you return the spinner, if error, return this thing, uh, and then you have, okay, now we can assume data is loaded and uh, render your UI. Now you can just assume data is there. Um, which which gets rid of a lot of those conditionals in your components, which is also really nice. Um, but yeah, so really, it's I, I, I'm sure all of us <laughs> that built any kind of application that loads data, uh, especially if you're using Apollo Client, that's what we're we're, we're about loading data from a GraphQL server. Uh, it's going to be really beneficial for you, uh, and I think some of the patterns that come out of it are, are really really nice. It just gives you 
an extra edge on your user experience when you're building your UIs. Nice. Thanks for that overview. That's sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've used Suspense a little bit, and I've seen it in uh, in the showcase that we're uh, going to refer reference a little later. Actually, for those of you who were around uh, an hour ago, there was a, a great stream earlier on um, that talked about that that talked about that. But uh, more on it later. <clears throat> yeah. Pardon me. All right. So we're uh, we're on the on the thread of Suspense, and I know the headline is Suspense for Data Fetching. Uh, what's What's the other type of Suspense? Yeah, so the other type of suspense uh, that's actually been around, I believe, since React 16, if I'm not mistaken, uh, is React.lazy. So uh, so React gives you a first-class way to basically do code splitting in your components, so dynamic imports uh, within your bundles, uh, and then be able to show a fallback state uh, if that component has not loaded yet. So the idea with that, that code splitting technique is to reduce your bundle size initially and really only load the components as you need them. So uh, it can help, definitely help in, in situations where you're not sure if, if uh, a user is going to end up on a screen where this component is loaded and you can, you can make sure your initial bundle size is, is down. But uh, yeah, so, so React gave you React.lazy, that API, that React.lazy API required a suspense boundary around uh, your your components that loaded lazily. Um, but yeah, that's been been kind of the primary, really the only use case up to this point. So yeah, data fetching is the new one on top of this. There you go. And what what specific version of React uh, do folks need to use in order to to do suspense for data fetching? Is there React? Is there a mark there? Is it is it just React eighteen? React eighteen. I. I Point. It may may work in React 17. Uh, I'm not sure, but uh, I'll just say as a Paul client, like developing these features, we plan to only support React 18. So you may be able to work with it in React 17. Uh, I think it's like highly experimental there. Also, React 17 doesn't have all of the concurrent rendering APIs uh, that React mm. 18 does. So really to take advantage, React 18 is going to be your best bet. All right, so we're kind of primed on suspense now, suspense for data fetching. Um, and you had mentioned it before, there's this new uh, hook in Apollo Client yeah. 3.8 uh, called use suspense query. And I think that's kind of the most intuitive thing people think of first, yeah. uh, those those who have been trying out the alpha and beta and now release candidate uh, branch of that, they've been thinking use suspense query. Um, can you give folks an overview of how use suspense query works? Absolutely. So uh, for those of you that have used use query, it's going to feel really familiar to you. Uh, we wanted it to to not be such a radical departure from that one, but to make it make it feel like uh, the Apollo you know and love uh, up to this point. So uh, so really, it's uh, anywhere um, you would typically use a use query. You use you bring in use suspense query instead. Uh, same type of arguments. You give it your query and then some options uh, if you want to. Uh, to be able to determine what kind of behavior that has. Uh, but at that point, then suspense takes over. So uh, as I mentioned earlier, one of the benefits you get with that hook is that you don't have to handle the loading state in that component anymore. Uh, so because of that, there's no more loading Boolean we export because it doesn't make sense anymore. Uh, you can think of it as a synchronous uh, piece of code. So you can assume that data has been loaded from that point forward. Um, so the nice nice thing about that is yeah, again, like loading Boolean would always be false uh, in the suspense world. We got rid of it. Uh, and now, uh, essentially, you wrap whatever component you have or or set of components uh, with a suspense boundary to get your loading state to show up. Um, so that's that's the primary mechanics of it. But uh, options that you've used for a long time, fetch policy, error policy, uh, variables, all of those, very much the same as use query uh, as you've been been working with. But um, yeah, in terms of like if you wanted to migrate from one to the other, uh, really, uh, at, at the the real simple kind of base case is you swap use query for use suspense query. You delete the if loading true, if error. Uh, we'll talk about error handling a little bit later, but um, and then add a suspense boundary around your component. And that's that's more or less uh, the kind of hand wavy uh, work you need to do to get this working. But <laughs> uh, but yeah, but that component is all about uh, letting suspense do its thing, um, and it will determine based on you know when it's loading whether to suspend or not. Uh, and we can go into more detail on what that actually means. Uh, but 
but that's that's basically it. It's use query with suspense behavior built into it. I'm going to pull a timely question into this from uh, user CBN. Yes. I think Sandwich. It's a shortening of Sandwich. Uh, will it work <laughs> with skip option as well? And I think we were, we've were we been talking about this for a bit. Yeah. Um, do you, you prepared to comment on that? Absolutely. So, yes, the short answer is yes, it does. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Beta 4 added support for the skip option in use suspense query. So uh, one of the, the tricks there is because we're not actually loading anything, uh, we don't suspend until that skip becomes false. So um, if you're using TypeScript at all, that this will affect your types too. This is a case where you're going to probably need some conditionals in there, you know, if data, uh, because it, we don't have anything loaded. So it'll be undefined until uh, it, it loads and then it goes into your, your it, as, as the React team says, it will suspend your component. So if you ever say suspend the component, that's basically where suspense takes over and you see your, your fallback state, but um, but yes, there is a skip option. We just as a sneak peek, we haven't landed in a release candidate yet, but will within uh, I, hopefully the next couple of days is adding support for a skip token. For those of you that have used TypeScript for any amount of time with skip true, uh, you'll typically find that a lot of the conditions under, under which uh, skip um, which you need skip true is like, I, I have an ID that I want to load in a variable, but I don't have that ID quite yet because maybe it requires a user interaction. Uh, and you get, you have to either lie to TypeScript to, uh, to get that to work, you know, like pretend like it's a non-null value, or you have to um, put in some dummy value that, that doesn't make sense. So we're actually providing a new skipped, what we call skip token. Uh, this is something that, uh, that's been added to Redux for any, any way that's used RTK query. It's a construct that's over there. So not a totally new concept, but the idea is you can replace um, your arguments with this skip token that acts basically as skip true, but it has the advantages of uh, better TypeScript support. Um, so that's the long answer for, yes, we do support skip true. Uh, and you can work with it um, more or less the same as uh, as you do use query skip true. Again, no loading Boolean, so it's a matter of checking do you have data or not in that case. And would you recommend the use of skip token though? Is that like the the more uh, would that would you consider that a best practice uh, after three point eight? Yes, is released. Yes, in fact, uh, it's going to sound a little bit weird uh, because this is a brand new hook. We are actually shipping use suspense query uh, with skip true as a deprecated option. So for those of you using TypeScript, you'll see it shown uh, in your editor as a deprecated option with uh, with the, the encouragement that you use skip token. Again, like a lot of the semantics on when you actually look at, at, uh, at skip true and typically what those are, like, I don't know me personally, but <laughs> I always, it, it always uh, makes me a little bit uneasy when I see Okay, I, my query requires an ID variable, uh, but I don't have the ID variable, but it's a non-null value, and so, but I have skip true because I don't have it yet. So again, like I have to lie, I have to lie to use query to say, oh yeah, it's not available, but pretend like it is, uh, and it just always feels a little bit, a little bit weird. So we think skip token is going to be a little bit better. Uh, just experience with that. So it, it's a way to kind of nudge you in that direction. Uh, so again, it's going to it's going to look a little weird. <laughs> skip true uh, that it's there and deprecated, but the reason why we left it in and didn't just take it out entirely is we wanted to be able to help those that are used to use query with skip true migrate over without having to fully rewrite all of that and how that works. So it gives you an option to hopefully, in most cases, just drop in use suspense query in places where you're using use query, even if you're using the skip option and you can migrate to skip token later. Makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, and I know that one of the things that are it's remaining on our to-do list is kind of um, some documentation stuff that we want people to be able to read before they, they adopt uh, the general availability version of 3.8 is, do, do we have those docs or we're, that's on our to-do list to do skip token, right? Yes. Or is, is that something already yeah. in? I've, it's, I've lost track. <laughs> technically it's not implemented yet. Uh, as of this morning, we have okay. the TypeScript uh, types correctly <laughs> so like the return values okay. will be typed correctly uh, the implementation oh, is real not there it's real cutting edge <laughs> yeah you're gonna sneak peek of of uh, basically what we established last week uh but yeah we, we wanted right. to put it in there to, right. to make the the typescript story a little bit better than what it is today 
All right. So uh, a taste of what's to come here. Um, yeah. So again, skip true. We can expect to work. Yep. Um, we think we have a better way, and so that'll you know the editor will will guide you there. Um, yeah. Awesome. Uh, so how, you know, when I think of suspense and obviously there's use suspense query, but, um, as I understand it, suspense can be used in other ways with Apollo client 3.8 or, uh, can manifest in different ways. Um, are there other ways to leverage that feature? Um, there is. Yeah. So I don't know. we are shipping another, uh, two other hooks along with, uh, use suspense query that, uh, tell the suspense story. So use suspense query is. I get to that point in my component and it suspends immediately. Uh, but sometimes you may want to kick off your query earlier, like in a parent component, but you don't necessarily want to suspend at that location. So you want it to be able to, to load data, but read from it uh, further down in your React tree. So there's two new hooks we're introducing as well, one called use background query. Uh, that is the component that's going to, uh, to start the data fetching. That exports uh, something we call a query reference uh, which you then pass to another hook called use read query. And use read query is going to be the, the hook that suspends. So the idea there is if, if uh, by the time use query, use read query is rendered, uh, it will suspend uh, and, you know, do, do all the various things. So um, in some cases, it can, this can really help you prevent waterfalls in your application. Uh, so you can think of like use suspense query, it hits that point, it suspends, but if you have another use suspense query right underneath it, it's not going to run until the first one is done. This one, you know, lets you lets you uh, load stuff in parallel uh, or or higher up. So, it, cool thing about that too is if you have components that render conditionally, uh, you can start loading the data for them early. Um, but it, and until that condition is true, where that that component that reads the data is there, uh, you know, it, it it may be loaded by the time that component renders, which means that uh, you don't have to suspend. So, user never sees a loading fallback. So, it provides some some useful patterns like that. But uh, yeah, use background query, use read query. Uh, the only other thing I'll mention about that, just in terms of uh, how rendering works in there, use background query does not handle data in any way, shape, or form. Uh, so, which means that uh, if you're, you've been a Apollo client user for any amount of time, it means you're interacting with a cache and making cache updates. Uh, use read query is going to be the hook that re-renders when a cache update comes in. So, um, so it means you can, there might be some, some rendering performance optimizations that you can play around with uh, because the use background query is not gonna re-render when a cache update is made, uh, just, just the location where you're using user read query. So uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see what, what patterns emerge in the community from this particular one. Uh, I know this is one uh, I particularly uh, I have a lot of interest in, and I, I think there's more we can deliver on this this uh, kind of render early, suspend later, uh, however you want to <laughs> call that pattern. But I think there's more things that we'll want to add in the future to really unlock its potential. But I'm I'm really excited to see how the community adopts this and and finds patterns for uh, for this particular hook. But yeah, so three new hooks: use suspense query, use background query, use read query. <laughs> We're excited about all of those. That's awesome. Yeah. So these new hooks, uh, they all seem to work together in different ways to um, to maximize kind of the different possibilities that Suspense unlocks for us. So yeah. Really excited to to get that into people's hands. Um, so we've been talking a lot about Apollo Client 3.8, um, and I think we've, we've covered this a little bit, but what is the status of 3.8? Is it close to release? Yes, it is. So we are in our release candidate phase, uh, which um, which is really a, we think we are code complete. Uh, we're just looking for feedback, bugs. So like, if you wanna help us out, please try it out. Let us know if you see anything at all uh, problematic uh, and we can uh, go take that. But uh, we feel pretty good about it. Um, yeah, so like, no, we really have no more features. The, the, the skip token was actually kind of a last minute thing. Uh, we had some discussion just on some of the patterns were so that that one's kind of the exception to the rule here but um yeah we're, at this point we are looking for an august 7th release date potentially sooner if we uh get everything up but really at this point we're writing all our documentation making sure this information is available to you so you can be successful out of the gate as soon as you upgrade to 3.8 uh but yeah we will we are we are nearing <laughs> nearing release on this how are you feeling about that gerald i, I feel really good so 
I know we haven't mentioned it yet, uh, but we we actually built a little like uh, demo application. Um, we we can go into more details there uh, in a minute. <laughs> I'll leave the the reveal to what that is here in a second. But the demo application was specifically to understand. Uh, well, really, at first, just to understand how suspense works and and get used to the patterns, but also just try out these these new features in a real application. Uh, and so we uh, we actually caught so many bugs uh, of this, like just self caught because of being able to leverage that in an application, not just an automated test environment. So uh, so being that we are able to build uh, this this demo application along with it, I think I feel. I feel really great about this because we we've already we've already established that it works in a variety of use cases uh, and um, and has has helped us again find find bugs and and make sure it's uh, it's a solid solid piece of code. Yeah. Uh, well, let's 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 talk about it then. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Mata in the chat says dog fooding all the things. There we are. So yeah. in um, I'm. I'm Dropping the link in chat, but uh, what Boom. Gerald's referring to is, as I understand it, is Spotify, or it's now called Spotify Showcase. We might, that might be not the final name. We'll see. Um, but it does use the Spotify API under the hood, and it yeah. should look familiar yes. to some folks. Um, and I know this has been open source. This has been MIT licensed for actually a, a little while now. Uh, why don't you tell us a little about this project, Gerald? This is something I know you spun up. You talked about, you know, kind of understanding suspense first and proving out some of the Apollo Client 3.8 concepts. Tell us more. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Yeah, so, yeah, so Spotify is the big reveal. <laughs> we wanted to have something really that we considered a non-trivial application. Don't get me wrong, a to-do list is a great way to do just a real quick uh, test on something. But when you're talking about using Apollo client, you're talking about all sorts of different things. You're talking about, you know, leveraging the cache, making cache updates, making running mutations and, and, uh, writing type policies, all of those various things. So, uh, suspense obviously is a, uh, is a part of this where we wanted to test the loading states. You know, how can, how can we make sure that granularity on the page that you're seeing, uh, makes sense. So, uh, so yeah, we, we spun this up as uh, again. Really, my goal when I first <laughs> put put code to this repo was just to okay, what happens on a single page? What happens if I move the suspense battery from here to here? What happens if I have two queries, one uh, some that are siblings, or what happens if one is kind of a child of another suspense boundary within an, within a parent suspense boundary? Like, how do all those behaviors interact? Uh, and it turned into uh, just a full-blown application, essentially. Not there's not 100% of pages on what you see on Spotify, but uh, but it is I want to say about 80% there. Uh, so it's Apollo Server. Uh, Graph OS is now sitting in front of it too. So if you're interested in other you know like things that Apollo offers, uh, it's a great way to learn about some of those. But but really, we just wanted to to evolve it into a place where we can try out our own upcoming uh, features uh apis and 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 really just get a feel for it too like I, i'm a big believer as a uh especially now as a li library maintainer that it has to feel nice uh I, I don't want our apis that we ship to feel convoluted or confusing or you know and so i i, I think a lot of this too was empathy with our uh, our users our the developers that are using apollo client every day again like if all we're doing is writing code inside of an automated test that's something, but all of those examples are super contrived and you're generally trying to create just a very minimal amount of, uh, you know, boilerplate code to make that test uh, kind of get into the environment you want. But, but when you're, when you're, when you're working with all of those features together, integrated, how, how does it, how does it feel? How does it work? How does it, how does it look? Uh, so yeah, it gave us a, a really good chance to try all of that out. So again, like we found just huge potential in, in, finding bugs and and uh, making sure that that things are working correctly i i definitely found probably two or three cache update issues uh just because i threw a use suspense query uh hook in there and i uh, went to, navigated away from a page came back to it and i was like wait where's the data it's supposed to be updated by this point and it wasn't uh so yeah a lot of really really good stuff uh from that but uh yeah and then i uh, also also say on the other part we want it to be a way for you to learn some of the features of Apollo Client. How do we see as maintainers 
uh, kind of the best practices or ways you can use these features. Um, so we're we're doing our best to basically put the kitchen sink of Apollo into this thing because uh, any any non-trivial application is going to be more than just a single use suspense query. You're typically going to be writing type policies, cache updates, doing all sorts of things. So we wanted to have a wide gambit of things that we can bring to the community and say, hey, like if you're struggling with this thing or whatever, maybe this is a resource you can use to help to kind of understand how we as maintainers think of uh, of these features. So um, they will be ever evolving. <laughs> we'll learn new patterns and, and things that we can communicate. But uh, but yeah, we hope that that can be a, a good resource for those of you using Apollo client. Yeah. So like when when somebody kind of clicks into this for the first time, like um, it's just like install and run and then they're off to the races, they can they can start using it pretty close. So there's uh, there's just a couple minor setup things that you have to do. Uh, so, for example, you have to go register a Spotify developer account, which gives you uh, some tokens that you can drop into. That's, configuration. that's free, though. It's right? free. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and okay. because it's local dev machine, you're not publishing a Spotify application, you know, out there. Uh, it's just basically you can run that locally. So, yeah, go sign up for that. There's instructions uh, as soon as you NPM install, NPM start on the repo after you've cloned it, then there's a homepage that kind of shows you uh, exactly what to do. Uh, once you get that in place, then you log in using your Spotify account uh, and uh, you can, you can use it like you do uh, your, your typical desktop application, or, or I guess Spotify does have a web application as well. So you can use it just like that. It's got subscriptions built into it. You can play pause next track, all of those things. So again, hitting on the, we want to show you, a wide range of things. We want to show you how to use subscriptions with Apollo. What are some techniques there? Because uh, the music application is a great way to show off subscriptions because uh, <laughs> you have a stream of audio that's coming in sure. uh, that, that is very close to real-time updates, especially when you're talking about syncing that state across devices. So uh, yeah, so we're, we're, we're pretty excited yeah. to, to show that off, but yeah, it's going to feel, it's going to feel very much like you're using the Spotify application. Just uh a lot of work to make make it so you can understand like how to use Apollo client to power a lot of these different things. And that includes what you were talking about before, right? Like stitching together these different hooks in order to get different patterns unlocked for your UI. Like, yes. can we see those in action here or will we be able to? Yes, absolutely. So w one thing that is still on my to-do list for this is to really nail down the how do we actually point out areas in the code of interest for various things? Uh, so I'll, I'll just, I'll give you an example. Um, with Spotify, there is uh, not only with the playback state, like are you playing or paused on the play bar, but that that state actually propagates throughout a lot of different areas of the UI. So like the sidebar, if you're playing a specific playlist, you want to show that there's a speaker icon next to it. So you understand where the source of the the audios come from. If you're looking at that playlist, what track are you currently viewing? Uh, so it's going to get a little bit different UI treatment when you're playing versus when you're paused. So like that particular state propagates everywhere. So it, it, that we've been able to leverage the cache as our data store and uh, the use fragment hook, which uh, shipped an experimental version in 3.7 that will be stable in 3.8. Uh, so, so that pattern we find, I think, can be pretty powerful uh, because now you can hook up basically various parts of your UI to a slice of the, the cache data and uh, everything just reacts accordingly, which is, which is pretty cool. Uh, but and unless you're looking for that, <laughs> it can be hard to kind of piece together some of that a little bit. So I want to uh, put together a, a guide at some point that really makes it obvious how these patterns are used and how they fit together, uh, especially if it, if it crosses uh, multiple files. Uh, for doing things. So, uh, but yes, but other than that, yeah, there's, there's all sorts of patterns in there for, <laughs> for, uh, what we do with, with Apollo client. I know currently we have when, when folks open, uh, like say a bug report on Apollo client, which is impossible because there's yeah. no bugs, but, um, never, never, but you we know, let's say, software. let's say somebody wants to let us know about yeah. bugs <laughs> and things like that. They've, they've used, we do have this error. We have a few different error templates, uh, that we've used so far. Um, can can folks use this like uh can folks fork the Spotify showcase and use that to demonstrate an error as well? Like is that something that we can 
we can parse through? Absolutely. So, and, and to me, this yeah. is going to require some feedback from the community. Uh, it, it, it is a non-trivial application, which means that there is a decent amount of code. It's not just a, you know, a file or two. We're talking about uh, quite a few of them. So, um, so we're hoping though, that those that are very difficult to reproduce, uh, this can be maybe a starting point for you. But uh, but we could definitely use some feedback, uh, you know, being that this could be a, a mechanism for that. Like, how can we make it possible or make it approachable to define a reproduction using this? So I think there will still be some discovery there on what that looks like. But we hope that uh, this can be a, become a, a primary way of reporting some of that stuff. We'll move on from this. But I, I wanted to also give a shout out to... Um... There's a survey in there as well. Uh, both uh, it's posted in the README and it also gets uh, printed to the console. So in case anybody's using it, wants to let us know what they think, um, they can go ahead and fill out that very brief survey, and it would help us out. Yeah. Um, cool. So suspense is great. Uh, React is great. Uh, but there are all these other features baked into this uh, pretty big release in um, Apollo Client 3.8. It's a shame even to call it a minor <laughs> release because of how big it is, honestly. Yeah. Uh, what other features will developers have at their disposal, though? All right. Where to start on this one? Uh, so I'm, I, <laughs> there's a, I think we have see. to pull up the uh, release notes yeah, on this yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> how, how many bullet points there? One, two, three, four, five more things uh, that we can kind of talk about a little bit. So I'll start with one that We've seen come up several times now, and it's, I'm going to tell you, it's not going to be a complete story, but hopefully those uh, that are using uh, ES modules, so ESM, will have just a little bit better story uh, in 3.8. So we've gone through and updated our imports, for example, in, throughout Apollo Client to, uh, to use the .js extension and whatnot. Uh, we still don't have an exports field in package.json because we view this as a breaking change uh, for, that we'll need to wait for v4 uh, due to how various bundlers React uh, work with this, but um, but we're hoping at least a few minor things uh, with e ESM compatibility are a little bit better in 3.8 than they are in, in versions before. Um, so yeah, my colleague uh, Lens has, has worked a lot on this stuff. So Lens would be the best resource for learning about uh, a lot of this stuff uh, more so than, than I, but uh, but yeah, so we're, we're hoping at least the ESM compatibility story is a little bit better, even if it's not fully complete quite yet. Uh, so that's one thing. Uh, like I said, there's, there's five more <laughs> I want to talk about. Uh, my colleague Alessia uh, has worked a lot on a new directive that we're introducing in 3.8 called non-reactive. Uh, so this one here is all about performance. Uh, so for, for those of us that have uh, written applications that query for lists of things, uh, I'm going to guess that's probably 100% of us <laughs> using Apollo Client, uh, at least if you're if you're building something more than, I mean, even to-do list, right, is a, a list of to-dos. So you're querying for lists, right? So uh, so you'll you'll find a lot of the times when you're uh, working with lists, uh, currently in use query and others, uh, you get that list of data, you typically will loop over that list and render another component uh, that shows all the details of that data uh, for that item. Uh, but what happens if the item updates uh, with the way React works? Because the item updates, it also means that the data in the parent uh, list also updates. So you're going to get re-renders across both your parent and your children. Uh, Non-reactive gives you a performance optimization to say, okay, as a parent, I don't really care about what details change in, in this list, uh, in, in this, the particular items. All I really care about is that if the list grows or sh shrinks, that I can re-render that list again. But really, I'm going to hand off uh, rendering the, the actual nitty-gritty details to the, the child component. So non-reactive gives the, the parent component a way to say, okay, I'm not going to react to changes in the cache for this particular field. Just, just don't re-render me. Uh, we'll hand that off to another component to do. So it's going to be really powerful. Uh, use, use fragment is going to be the, the other hook that you'll see primarily as the the mechanism to react to those cache updates and those child components. So um, Alessia has a really great blog post out there that uh, I don't know if somebody can find it and, and paste it. Maybe uh, Alessia, I think you're on I'll the link call. It, yeah. 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 If you can link it, highly recommend you read that. There's a lot of great material in that one, but uh, that is something we are releasing in 3.8 as well. So uh, we, we hope that people find that is a great resource for uh, some performance optimizations in your own applications. All right. So there's two. Uh, Number three, 
production build error messages. So I so we're always conscious about bundle size. Uh, one of the knocks that we get uh, as Apollo client is that our bundle is is pretty large and uh, no qualms there. There's definitely we're looking at that all the time, finding ways to reduce it. Uh, you know, we in future versions we may find additional things we can do. But one of, one of the the kind of low hanging fruit items that uh, Lens saw an opportunity for was to uh, to take all of those error strings that we ship to all of our clients and reduce that to essentially a single string. Uh, so in production now, instead of getting uh, either, let's see, I'm trying to remember. I think those those uh, errors were minified. Um, and because they were minified, it pointed you to like a file in our code base that kind of told you what it is, but you lost some information in there. So like dynamic information, uh, if we told you like, can't render this thing because this field is X, and we couldn't tell you what field that was because we pointed you to a static file and whatnot. So so the error messages, we optimized uh, the, the build uh, to be able to reduce bundle size on those. We're not shipping those raw strings, but also in production, you're going to get a lot better opportunity. It's going to point you to a page in our docs that will actually show you not only the error message but some of the dynamic data. Um, I would, I, I, I'm probably not doing this this enough justice. Highly recommend you check out the loss, uh, the last Apollo client uh, office hours because Lens goes into a little more detail uh, in that for this particular feature on that. But um, but that is something else we're shipping. So uh, so be prepared. You'll see some some small tweaks to. Uh, your error messages and in the console and whatnot as you're developing once you upgrade. Another one. This is an issue. Uh, there's there's more. There's we got two more to go through. <laughs> <laughs> it is is probably one of the biggest minor releases we've we've had in maybe quite some time. Probably since 3.0 landed. Uh, we're pretty excited about it. But uh, yeah, so so many great things. Oh yeah, thank you for linking that in the chat there. Uh, so let's talk about this one. Remove type name from variables link. Uh, so we have another repo, Apollo feature requests, where people can open up just, hey, I'd love to see uh, to see this in Apollo client. Uh, I'd love to see this in Apollo client. Issue number six that was opened, uh, I wrote down July 27th, 2018. So five, five, almost to the date, five years ago. <laughs> uh, the the um, the ask was to be able to automatically strip the type name field when you're running a mutation. So for those of you uh, that have run mutations after loading data, one of the common patterns is to take that data and if you wanna update it, you just kind of spread the, the data into uh, your variables and then provide the fields that you want updated in there. But you'll get a, you'll get a complaint usually from your server, which is that type name is not a field that uh, is allowed when you're submitting that mutation. So, uh, so there was an ask basically: Is there a way you can automatically just strip that for me, so I don't have to do it myself? Because it's noisy and and kind of it's not not super fun to have to do this. So we're providing a new uh, link called Remove Type Name from Variables Link that's going to do this work for you. So we wanted to make it opt in just so it's not so much of a shock for those uh, upgrading to this. Uh, there may, there are some use cases where type name is allowed, uh, JSON scalers, basically, and we didn't want to break compatibility with those that rely on it by just doing it for you and not understanding that that was a change that was made. So it's a new opt-in link. You can drop it into your link chain and uh, any request that goes through for any operation, it will check for that type name uh, field in your data and just take it out of the, the data sent to the server. So you don't have to worry about stripping it yourself uh, or um, or worrying that your server is going to yell at you for sending that through. So just a, a minor thing, but I think will be a really nice quality of life uh, feature for people uh, using this. Last one, I promise. <laughs> it's a big list. <laughs> uh, document transforms. So. What do I mean when I say a document transform? So GraphQL document, just to define it, is basically a parsed abstract syntax tree of your GraphQL query. So those of you that have used GQ GQL inside of Apollo, which is 100% of us that have written any query, um, what, you're, what you're basically doing with that raw string is turning it into an abstract syntax tree. So it's just it basically a big object representation of the code inside of that, that uh, that query. So um, ho hopefully a lot of you have 
have used ASTs before uh, and, and know what they are, but if not, that's that's basically what it is. It's just the, the code representation of the, the GraphQL query. Uh, so uh, we if, prefer- If you're like traversing, like if somebody's written like an ESLint plugin, yes. is that you have to sometimes travel traverse like an AST of your code, yes, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, and ba- yeah. Babel, okay. Babel is another tool that, that traverses a, a JavaScript mm-hmm. AST to allow you to, to change code from, or transpile code from one version to another. So yeah, you, you've definitely used ASTs and seen them before. Maybe you just haven't interacted with uh, with a tool that does it directly or have had to manipulate stuff directly. But um, huge advantage to using your ASTs, just as a side note, it's a lot more accurate to work with those if you want to do code transforms than doing something like a regex. Uh, regex can only get you so far, but uh, a lot of times like people think, oh yeah, I just use a regex to change this code from X to Y, but uh, but it can. there's a lot of edge cases typically that pop up that are very, 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 very difficult to do with a, a regular regex. So ASTs are a lot more accurate in terms of that like code transformation. Uh, so when we talk about document transforms, it's basically taking a query and modifying it in some way. So this the query that you start with is not maybe not necessarily the query that's sent to the server. Um, this is actually something that all of us have probably known about. Apollo Client has been doing this for a long time. Uh, we've gotten complaints about it, and people want to turn it off. But uh, adding the type name field <laughs> to basic to every field selection in your query is something that uh, the Apollo Client does today. So that that is a document transform. The, the raw query that you're telling us that you want to send to the server typically doesn't contain all those type name selections. We add that for you and then ship that to the server because um, that type name field is, is super important to the Apollo uh, in-memory cache. Uh, but up to this point, that's been limited to, to uh, Apollo client internals essentially uh, on its own. So we're unlocking the ability for you to define your own document transforms. You can now define uh, a basically a function that uh, that will take a, a GraphQL document AST, allows you to manipulate it, and then uh, return that and send that off to your server. Uh, the big advantage with doing this with this particular feature is those transform documents will interact with the cache. Um, document transforms is technically something you can do in Apollo Link today uh, because you have access to the operation query, which is that AST, uh, but the big downside to doing so is that you can't interact with the cache in any way, shape, or form. Uh, so by, but with this new feature, we run this a lot earlier in the request lifecycle. Uh, so you can, you can make those modifications. Your cache can see it. The network will see it. Uh, and you can do some things that you just can't do today, such as what happens if you want to uh, add at client directives. So turn a, turn a remote field into a local field. Uh, if you did that in the Apollo link today, it's too late in the process. You just can't do it. Um, if you wanted to add additional uh, fragment selections for fragments defined in the fragment registry, for example, is something you can do with document transforms that you couldn't do before uh, because they were run too late in the process uh, or in the request lifecycle. But uh, so yeah, we're we're really curious to see how this feature takes with the community and see what kinds of transforms people come up with. But uh, that's one of the other big kind of headline features. All right, I've talked a lot, but those those are those are the big ticket items that uh, we'll be we'll be announcing here with three eight. And I, if I remember correctly, that document transforms feature is sort of uh, ha- you know it's it's gone undergone a lot of evolutions, but we yeah. started work on that in the winter. Some I think it was uh, Brielle Harrison kind of yep. tapped us on the shoulder and was trying to get us to kind of look at, at a use case that they were looking at, and then. Um, and then a few few permutations later, we got there. So it yeah. just goes to show, you know, community involvement makes a difference. You know, Huge. folks, let us know if there's something you want to take a look at and let us know what you want to see built. And, um, you know, the more details you have and the more you you can offer in terms of um, uh, what it looks like to you, uh, the more I think we can uh, really imagine it and build it. Yeah. Uh, is that fair to say there, Gerald? Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, uh, if we wouldn't have had that feedback, A, it would probably wouldn't have been built. Uh, but B, it provided some really unique constraints that uh, that took us a while to kind of work through and understand how best to build it. Uh, and so just to give a little bit, if it's okay, I'm going to give just a little bit of context on what the ask was yeah, yeah. for this one. Uh, the ask was... We have a React uh, we have a React Native application, and uh, when a user goes offline, 
we want to be able to query a local basically SQLite database uh, because it's on a mobile application, you can uh, query for local data. So the ask is we want to be able to detect when the user is online and go through, we want to provide basically our own kind of pseudo custom directive. Um, I think the, the proposal was this at persistent. Uh, and so this, this transform would go through and say, okay, find all those at persistent directives. If the user is online, we're just going to strip that away so that that field gets sent to the server. If the user is offline, it's going to swap persist at persistent for at client. Uh, that way, that field now goes and queries from the local data store. Um, so the, the interesting part about this is the transform is not just a, it, it's not deterministic, right? You, you have one GraphQL input, and depending on some external factor, you may get a different result when it's called through. And you never know when the user is going to go online or offline. There's just no control over that. So we need to make sure that when you're about to send a query, that we give you the right uh, transform back, the right transform document. So there's just some of those those uh, nuances that really helped us kind of shape what this looked like. And of course, because you're traversing an AST for large queries, that can be really, really, really expensive. So we want to make sure we, we make it as performant out of the box as possible, i.e. <laughs> provide some caching sure. to it. That way, if you send the same query document twice, you're not run, having to run that transform more often than you need to. Uh, so yeah, just just a lot of those types of uh, constraints that were really useful to have based on community feedback that we otherwise would probably not have built into it. So uh, yeah, really really appreciated all of that and involvement I, there for that particular feature. Yeah, yeah. And, and just to clarify for maybe an audience who like, because you had mentioned what a document was in terms yes. of like the AST and everything like that, like what. Well, Qualifies the document, as I understand it, is something that has query uh, yes. mutation or subscription right. in it, right? Like that's that's technically a document, like any kind of valid GraphQL request body or something like that. Right. Is that yeah. More or less. Yeah, it's right it's on? a it's a GraphQL AST with one or more operations defined. Yeah, operation being query mutation or subscription, uh, and or fragments uh, in yeah. there as well. Nice. So document transforms yet another um, another useful feature in here. It uh, should be interesting to see what. What uh, I, I I I'm assuming it's somewhat of an advanced feature, but mm -hmm. it may not. It may prove to be something that's pretty a, a pretty durable uh, thing that users pick up on. I don't know. We'll see how 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 folks react to it. Yeah. Um, I I definitely uh, excited about that. Yeah, because this is one of those like my perception of how uh, like who's going to use this, the intended audience, may not actually be what ends up. So I'm I'm going to be really curious to see how how this feature is uh, is moved forward. Because in my mind, it's the intermediate to advanced users of Apollo client that are gonna you know, probably find use of this, but I may be completely wrong. And you're right, you, we may find that uh, just like a much wider audience finds use in, in this particular uh, feature. So yeah, really curious to see. Tag me on Twitter or whatever it's called these days. <laughs> uh, and oh, I guess yeah. I, I'd love to see, right? yeah, I'd love to see, uh, to see the, the <laughs> ways you're using this particular feature. Cool. And, uh, you know, it didn't really work into the flow of this, but I did want to call folks' attention. Um, for those of you watching on YouTube later or listening later, uh, I apologize because you probably don't have this right in front of you, but if you're looking in the Stage channel in the Apollo uh, Discord, um, CBN Sandwich earlier uh, talks about having a Meteor server using DDP uh, to bridge into an Apollo client instance, and Alessia Belisario is um, responding in line there. So if you want to track that conversation, uh, we cover federated subscription, uh, and also, of course, um, sharing the love for Meteor. And um, yeah, so, so there's some thoughts in there. Maybe we start a, a front-end thread to continue that conversation there. That's great, yeah. Um, all right. And uh, in the chat, too, uh, Mata asks, are you on Mastodon, Gerald? I am not. Sounds like a no, but yeah. where, what are you on, Joe? Where can people find <laughs> yeah. you on the internet? <laughs> really just GitHub and Twitter. I, I am not a heavy user of social media. Like I, I consume it, but I don't, uh, I don't post hardly ever. I think my last Instagram post was four years ago. <laughs> uh, so they, to give you an idea of the level of involvement <laughs> okay. there, uh, I'm, I've been a little more active on Twitter lately, just as we've been uh, releasing new release candidates and stuff. But, you know, it's a useful way to, just get some information out there. Uh, so right at this point, really, it's it's Twitter. My name, Gerald Miller, uh, and then GitHub. You'll see me lurking around issues and responding to 
issues and pull requests and all sorts of things. So, um, but yeah, right now that's that's where you got me. Ping me on either of those. <laughs> I guess Discord. Too. I right. am here on Discord. Hey. So yeah, find me here on Discord. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Awesome. And yeah, that's one of the nice things, you know, you can be on this Discord. We have streams all the time now, uh, many of which will actually feature the Spotify showcase. Um, And, uh, you know, you can find the different um, maintainers on here as as well as uh, a lot of other Apollonauts uh, chatting about Apollo tech. Um, Where you you are speaking at uh, more than a few places. Uh, I know that you were doing um, React Summit earlier in the year. Tell tell me more about what you what you have coming up uh, this summer and fall. Yeah, awesome. So I'm going basically from no conference experience to I'll be a veteran in no time. <laughs> uh, so yeah, as you mentioned, okay. uh, React Summit was on in June that uh, I spoke with uh, Lens on some GraphQL uh, conversation there. So I highly encourage you to check that out from React Summit. Uh, coming up, yeah, GraphQL Summit uh, that Apollo puts on. Uh, Alessia and I or I guess Celestia, you're not on that one with me, but we'll be given to talk about suspense uh, in the context of a uh, of a non-trivial application, i.e. this uh, the Spotify demo, just how uh, suspense uh, how suspense works within your application, what are some patterns you can use there, what does Apollo, uh, what does Apollo provide to be able to leverage suspense to its fullest uh, and, and whatnot. So we'll be given to talk uh, with that. Uh, also at React Rally next month, in uh, Salt Lake City, uh, same talk, and then uh, React Advanced next month, meaning uh, oh, I'm sorry. August. August is that yes. August? August, yes. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> thank you. Not sure when people will be viewing this. Good uh, point. Good point. Fact, thank so. you. Yes. Okay. August 2023. August 2023. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> so we're speaking at that one, and then React Advanced in London, and one more. Uh, I'll be doing a workshop on Apollo at Redwood JS Conf at the end of September. Uh, so that one will be a much longer form uh, deep dive into Apollo uh, for that one. But yeah, so what, four, four conferences, five conferences? I can't count, but somewhere in that range. It's it's going to be a busy Well, we're looking forward call. to every single one. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> uh, and as always, I'm Jeff Ariema. You can find me on, I guess, well, Twitter slash whatever um, Elon Musk is calling it nowadays. I guess X <laughs> now is at at Jeff Oriyama, my first name, my last name. And you can find me, actually, I got a Threads account, so you can find me at Jeff.Oriyama on Threads. I uh, I couldn't get it without the dot. There's apparently another Jeff Oriyama out there lurking. I'm also at a couple of conferences this year. Um, you can find me at GraphQL um, Conf in September, and that's in San Francisco. Um, speaking at uh, GraphQL Chicago, a meetup, but it's all virtual this Thursday, actually, Thursday, the 27th of July. And um, another conference later this year, but I don't think I can announce it yet. So more on that uh, later. <laughs> and um, that's that's it. Thanks, everybody uh, who joined us live. Thanks to all of you who are viewing this after the fact and listening to this after the fact. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Gerald, for sharing your time with us. Really yeah, excited you. about Apollo Client 3.8. Uh, and until next time, see you all. And uh, thanks for everybody in the chat. CBN Sandwich, uh, appreciate all your engagement here. Yeah, thanks, everyone. Really appreciate you having me on.